It's time for the chat room with Stanley Bantu. And today I want to talk about oil and a lot that is connected with it. Oil is something that has brought lots of resources to Nigeria. Whether or not we've made the most of it is an entirely different question. But we've been struggling for quite a number of years with a supply gap, and that is the supply of petrol. Now, as I've said several times, and I've been quoting Rockefeller, he says that uh, gamblers actually sell oil, businessmen sell petrol. And since we actually buy petrol and sell oil, it shows that we're leaning more towards gambling than doing actual business. Well, it's no surprise that uh, not too long ago, the Minister of State for Petroleum Resources, Ibe Kachiku, says we need to get to a time where Nigeria even stops exporting oil and starts exporting refined products, several different products. Now, he's talked about modular refineries and says that they could be, uh, well, co-located with the larger refineries and probably bridge the supply gap that we have in the country. Nigeria actually consumes roughly about 60 million liters of petrol every single day. Now, the fact that there are no long queues at the petrol station does not mean the storm is over. We're still importing petrol, which means we're still in a fragile state. Let us not go to sleep. Let us find permanent solution to this supply gap that we have in our petrol sector. And to help me do that, I have uh, oil and gas columnist with the Vanguard, Sonny Atuma, and the CEO of ACIOE Associates, Abuja, Ekenem Isiche. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Stan. Good morning, Stan. All right, Sonny, let me start with you. There are those who say that we should focus on modular refineries. There are those who say modular refineries will not solve our problems, that we just need to get the larger refineries working. What would your assessment be? Well, uh, I belong to the group that will say it is not modular refineries because most of the time, the modular refinery will give you a product most of the time. And I don't think... When you say a product, you mean one yeah, product? one product. Yes, okay. one product. Maybe diesel. Petrol, for example. Maybe petrol. Diesel. Maybe diesel. Okay. And it's not a, a thing that a, a country, a, an oil-producing nation like Nigeria will be proud of to say they are going into modular refining when they can get derived benefits of multiple, multiple products in thousands. And you say you are thinking about going into modular refining? Well, not the government thinking about it, not encouraging no, the government, I mean, from the uh, the various pronouncements, you know, the tours to the Niger Delta, mm-hmm. I mean, the vice president is saying, yes, we are going to, we are encouraging and possibly going into modular refining. So, we are saying that, no, let us go into complex um, um, refining. More sophisticated. Yes, uh, not as a, as, a, as a nation. Okay, what would be the difference for the benefit of those who are not in oil and gas? The difference between standard refinery and a modular well, the difference is that you are talking about uh, a plant, processed plant that can process maybe from 1,000 barrels mm-hmm. to about 30,000 barrels. Okay, and um, as opposed to it, a larger one, uh, that as, could uh, yes. do uh, and uh, it 100,000, 200. Well, uh, how many barrels do you need to process before you become a standard refinery? Or well, refinery? yeah, I mean, you're talking about say from 50, 100,000 barrels. Uh-huh. 
to be a, you know a com a complex uh, to have a to to say you are into complex refining and well it takes a uh, less time to couple the the modular uh, refinery okay. refinery maybe between 12 to 18 months depending it's just maybe an assemblage of um, of uh, of the parts which must have been produced somewhere you come and couple it you know here and um, it's the case that it it has to be close to uh, i mean your feedstock close to your market and most of the time it takes a lot of uh, government incentives for them to survive and it costs less maybe about uh, from 100 million uh, us dollars for for one so if we are saying that look as a nation we have gone beyond that stage in spite of the problems that we are having we can solve it and we are saying we still have four complex refineries that have been left they have gone into oblivion I, I have not seen a situation now where even the government uh, the vice president has gone around the niger delta mm -hmm. i don't think he has gone to any of the refineries to even know what is the problem why is it that we cannot refine we are look at our budget for this year our budget is just about 24 uh, billion dollars uh, whereas with our petroleum if we invest very well in it we can be talking in terms of hundreds of uh, of of billions of dollars as our budget as a country countries that don't have petroleum can say yes let us have a modular refinery but not nigeria tell you as i tell you now even iraq that is in, in war as of now they are they are building refineries about three now iraq so what are we doing mm. we are still there waiting waiting for who we are happy now that dangote is uh, having a 650,000 barrel refinery to come on stream by 2018. Mm -hmm. he has seen yes the problems that we are having in the country in 2016 he started let us invest let us first of all rehabilitate I still say it. Let us rehabilitate the four that we have. Mm. We are investing all the money we, we sell for from we sell from we get from crude into importing products and seeing how we can manage our naira with what we sell from crude. That is not good enough. And Sunny, I want to come back to you on that, but let me just hear from Kenem as to whether or not you think that there is any benefit in having modular refineries. Thank you. Um, I believe that. Modular refineries are the way to go. A modular refinery is pretty much a prefabricated process plant. It's easy to assemble and disassemble, and it's on. Um, you pretty much just mount it on skids, so you can pretty much put it in any region around Nigeria. So when you're talking about um, trying to get crude from or the byproducts of crude oil from one location to another, it's much easier to do it with uh, modular refineries than your typical refineries that are just located in three areas in Kaduna, Port Harcourt, and Wari. Um, the maintenance is lower. The turnaround is lower. It's actually cheaper to do. And it takes about 18 to 20 months to actually set up a modular refinery. <laughs> the... Uh, refineries are a bit more complex than people actually think. You know, I worked in a refinery for six years, and it's quite complex. We uh, we were doing about four hundred and fifty thousand. What what's the complexity behind it? Um, part of the complexity is the process. I mean, you have about thirty units. Thirty units with doing. Are you referring to a large refinery yeah, a large or refinery. a modular one? You no, know, a modular refinery. Obviously, you can make your byproducts to come out as diesel, uh, light fuel. Mm -hmm. So each refinery can only make one product, though. Each refinery, no, 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 refinery has about like over a hundred products you can products come out from, and from crude, from the distillation of crude. So a modular refinery, what you can pretty much do is you can definitely have your diesel and your fuel, 
But the way the modular refinery works is that you can do it in phases. So if you're phase one, you can set up your phase one, maybe it's doing about 10,000 barrels a day, you can get fuel out of it. Then the proceeds from that um, fuel sales, you can now scale up to do diesel. And as the proceeds come in, you can scale up to do other things. So we've seen people pretty much go from 1,000 barrels to 100,000 barrels by pretty much scaling up and using the proceeds to build what they're doing. And it's not it's nothing new to what do you call it um, Nigeria. I mean that people have done it all over Africa. It's, it's done in Egypt. Senegal in Angola is doing it. Um, Chad is doing it. Niger has done it. So this is nothing that is new. People are doing what it. What is the system? How do, how do they operate? Are they owned by the government? Are they owned by cooperatives are they small businessmen it's a, it depends so in some countries like um angola is it's owned by sonogal which is pretty much is like an nmpc so state owned but in others it's privately owned so basically private investors come in they build their what do you call it they build their modular refineries on skids and then obviously they pay their taxes to governments some of this they work out the jv partnership with the with the, either the government or other entities like IOCs and then obviously sell their proceeds. In this case, the model that I think the Nigerian government is trying to even do is even would actually be beneficial to places even the Niger Delta, where at least some of the proceeds would go into the Niger Delta communities and actually help build and develop their communities. Okay, um, let me come back to Sunny with the question that I had earlier. And that is I just want us to get a clear picture of the effect on our economy of importation of petrol, which is where we are at the moment. We're still importing a greater part of the petrol that uh, that we consume. Yes, the effect is that uh, we we become more impoverished. Mm-hmm. Think about a situation where, for instance, now I've always said this: we are in, we are exporting crude, and that is our main source of revenue for main source of uh, foreign um, exchange revenue. And we get we we sell a barrel of crude for about fifty dollars, which it is today about that that is the range and we we use that we spend about three times the cost of that in importing in importing for instance pms Mm -hmm. so what does that mean to us we are getting poorer our people are getting out of employment revenue for government reducing so the effect of we importing fuel is that nigeria is becoming poorer and that is not what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We are saying, instead of this money, the amount of money that we spend importing, let us rehabilitate what we have and get the benefits. We we have just been told the rehabilitation of uh, the um, Abuja Airport that is just uh, back back now. Mm-hmm. Six weeks. Yes, so we, we have a, we have a brand new runway. Good. We spent about five point eight billion uh, naira you know in in the rehabilitation most of it going into paving of the wrong wrong way and the asphalt which we we have imported the main component is from the refinery you cannot get that from a modular refinery a modular refinery so that is why we are saying look what we benefit from refining in a complex refinery is much more we are talking about, is it about food? Look at our fertilizers. They are from petroleum, mostly. And we is, we spend a lot of money importing fertilizer for for our farmers. You know all the crisis. Subsidy this, subsidy that involved. And we spend the little money. I, I say little. From what we, what we, uh, uh, what we, what we derive 
in the sale of crude, mm -hmm. in importing the same fertilizer Import, we're talking importing about. Importing fertilizer yes. look and at petrol. Our, look at our roads. Mm -hmm. We don't have roads. Asphalt that you get from petroleum is what we import. You and I know the problems of driving on our roads. If we are refining and producing those things here, we won't be having the problems that we're having on our roads. Accidents on our roads every day, we are saying, look, we derive a lot more than that. Since 1958 that we started uh, exporting crude. Till today, we are still exporting crude. And still looking every day, oh, how much is a barrel of crude mm -hmm. in the international market as a nation? Is that what we should be doing? And somebody will be thinking about, oh, let us, let us because of exigencies of time, you know, let us be let us be producing a PMS or diesel. No, let us rehabilitate. The government has not been able to tell us why they cannot rehabilitate the the um, the larger the, refineries. The, the larger the refineries that we mm -hmm. we have. Now, I I just want something to to sink in for all of us as Nigerians because I see this happening a lot, and it worries me that we tend to go to sleep simply because there are no fuel queues and we feel that we are suffering only when we see long queues and we're struggling and we see these young men who are supposed to be otherwise productive standing by the street selling petrol by the gallon and we think it's only then that we have an emergency right now we have an emergency you can drive in to get petrol yes but we still have an emergency because we are still not producing the quantities of petrol that we're consuming and potentially the amount of petrol that we could export, which will create and bring wealth and attract wealth into the country. And it has an impact even on our exchange rate, isn't it? I it hear does. people say, oh, the economy is bad, the Naira value is down, but it's largely connected to the price of petrol, isn't it? Standard. Because most of our foreign, our, our dollar goes into buying petrol to bring into the country. Stanley, am, I, am I correct? Yes, let me tell you this now. You see, we for for as of today, our average daily consumption is about 20, 20 million liters, down from what it was about one year ago, when the 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 deregulation in quotes of the downstream sector of PMS you know took effect. It was about between we were consuming about between thirty two to thirty five million liters daily. By the time the price was increased, it, it has gone down to about 20 million liters a day. What does that tell us? There is poverty people cannot buy. Yes, there is fuel. You drive into a filling station, there is fuel. But just watch. People, you now see people who can, before they can afford to buy, say, mm -hmm. 20, 30 liters. They go there and tell you, okay, give me 10 liters. Some mm -hmm. six, I mean, 1,000 naira will give you about six point something. And you just need to observe liter. the amount of time yeah. that someone spends that is, in front of a, is, uh, the fuel is, pump yes. <laughs> to know how yeah. much he bought. Now, now look at it. Um, petroleum as an instrument of strategy. You see the um, the, the the crisis in the in the in the Korean Peninsula. That's right. Now it has been the case of yes, let's fight. The other aspect of it is how do we tame um, Pyongyang? That is a uh, North Korea. Mm -hmm. They are now thinking about oil embargo. Stop supplying them. They, that is the lobby on China from uh, from the US. Don't supply them because uh, China supplies them about ninety percent right. of what they consume. China is saying, look, if we do that, there will be a problem. And if there is oil embargo on, uh, on 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 Korea, North Korea. For about three months, the economy will collapse. The same thing. We are, Nigeria is a big country and trying to play, play big in the international community. And what is it? We rely solely on the external world, its external community to get our products 
including those of fertilizer, those of uh, of bitumen, mm -hmm. those of petrol. I mean, uh, of uh, aviation uh, aviation fuel, of uh, gasoline that is a PMS, and um, of uh, AGO. All this. Supposing one day they say, "Look, we have a problem with maybe any of the big countries," and they lobby and say, "Look." let us stifle their economy. One thing they will do as an instrument of um, um, po uh, politics is that they say, yes, we will supply you with a, with a product. You have the money you can buy, but we won't give you. What you will do? What, what will happen to like our petrol? country? Yes. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need some tough love to get, us to get our refineries back going if we can't get the petrol. It's going to hurt uh, for a long time, but, so, but probably we will begin to think. So that is why it is good for us to do it. Mm -hmm. we, you say you want to develop and you are relying on others? It's interesting you mentioned North Korea and how much of a reclusive country that is. And self-reliance, I think Juche, that's what they call it, self-reliance and they've perfected that so much that a country that has very little engagement with so many others can be so advanced that uh, it's causing the United States to panic. And that's really the point because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm an advocate for modular refineries because mm. I do believe that if you have more of them, then obviously you have more fuel and more diesel process across the country. You have less tankers going up and down. You have less pressure on the three refineries and you have less accidents on the road. So if we're, we're talking about importing and we're talking about processing because those, we have the crude here in Nigeria. So all you need to do is take the crude and send it to the modular plants, and you don't have to worry too much about sending across the shores and paying and um, paying for all that. So if you process them, you can actually export them from Nigeria. So they're actually solution. We have to think innovatively. If we're going, if we're putting more pressure on the three refineries to work, after they work, what else? The bottom line is that we still have parts of this country that it will be so hard to get crude to those areas, and you have to keep going there through tankers, not pipelines, tankers. That's more pressure on your roads on the asphalt you mentioned. That's more accidents on the road. But when you have modular refineries, even in the Sokoto, even in the Cross River, even in the, what they call it, Ogun State and all the other ones, it's much easier because they can process it down, serve the local community and domestic community. And they can even, if they're doing in excess, they can actually export it. And that's foreign exchange to those places too. So we have to think a bit innovatively about the challenges we're having now in Nigeria. Obviously, we're not really for um, importing crude like crazy because obviously we're so spending money for an exchange. But if we channel that those funds into doing modular refineries and scale up those refineries, we can definitely get to those phases where we're actually doing fertilizer, like and sorry, the petrochemicals, the propane and prop um, polypropylene and the other ones, the byproducts that lead to doing car parts and fertilizer and all the other ones. So. And keep in mind, like as we said earlier, you can go from 5,000 barrels to 100,000 barrels. It's all about the money you make from the business and how you scale up. And also, I forgot to mention this, the modular refineries provide an opportunity for people to come in and invest in them, especially people around that area and the local community. So they become stakeholders in that. Right now, I can't really say that we are st like I'm a stakeholder in the worry refinery, even as a Nigerian. I, I, I can't categorically state that. But if we do modular refineries, even from your own states, you could even be part of it. You could actually be part of investing in it. So you're a stakeholder. Another thing too is the modular refinery doesn't take that much space. Two, 
you don't have to spend that much if if you all know we're part of it guess what there's not going to be any there's not going to be much pipeline vandalism that keeps going on all the time that we hear about because you and i are stakeholders so we hold our community responsible so there's more sense of responsibility more sense of ownership there's less less maintenance on it it takes it's much cheaper to set up you can do that across the country it's 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 you're talking about spending maybe 50 million dollars compared to spending nine billion dollars on a refinery so we have to be smart about how we use our money if we, I mean, we put in, how I put it's about $300, um, the CBN released $300 to the BDCs last week, and that, yes, it helps lower our rates, but part of that money could be used to even set up a modular refinery. Yeah, uh, that's an artificial lowering, you know, really, yeah, because it, the, the fundamentals have not been Yeah, but not, so I'm, I'm just you, trying to You're going to come back to that problem <laughs> a little bit later on. It's like postponing the evil day, <laughs> because it, it's going to hit you one way or the other. But, but Sonia, how would you tackle the issue of infrastructure if you say the big-time refineries are the way to go? Because yep. you uh, to pipe it would be the most efficient way to do it. Um, as long as what we do mostly is transport the, these products by road, which in themselves, that is taking, in itself, that is taking its toll on our highways. Let me tell you, Stanley, do you know that we have 5,100 kilometers of pipelines mm -hmm. for crude and multi-products but with the, in the, in with, uh, in with the government and when I say government I'm not talking about before the uh, I am for Buhari I am for Jonathan groups come and make their comments <laughs> successive governments have not shown that they're capable of keeping the, the these assets in the safe in the previous uh, in the previous ad administration we shouted this too Mm. So it's not just that it is a Buhari. Precisely. No, no, uh -huh. no. You see? So, well, like I was saying, we have about 5,100 kilometers of pipeline up to Guso, up to um, Gombe, Maiduguri, and 22 depots of for, for petroleum products that are not being utilized. So what are we talking about infrastructure that we don't have to pipe them from the refineries? We have them. They are not being used because we are importing. Tankers line up in a, in a, in a, in, in Calabar and in, and in Lagos from Meduguri to go by road distributing distributing these products. It's not the case of palliatives. Palliatives, you know, they just take care of symptoms. We are saying, let us do it properly, not relying on outsiders. Well, I am not saying, yes, we can't have a modular refineries. But that should be what individuals... It shouldn't take yes, away from you, them. You, you, you apply so for license... You a focus on modular refineries, refineries yes. is, is a palliative. Yes, as a nation. Okay, well, I, I, I imagine that the solution to all of this might be some kind of strategy that it would include the two approaches. So I would like to hear from both of you gentlemen right after the break about how we can do that. Welcome back. I've been in the chat room with Sonny Atuma, oil and gas columnist with the Vanguard newspaper. We also have Ekenem 
Isiche, the CEO of ACIOE Associates in Abuja, energy experts. And we've been talking about modular refineries. Are they the solution to our supply gap? Or is there another strategy that we can use? Sunny says that uh, we should be serious about getting our large refineries back in order. And uh, Ekenem says we also have to pay, pay close attention to the modular refineries as a way to go. Each of them obviously has an advantage. And perhaps I think one thing that we're all agreed on is that we need to have both or a strategy that could can accommodate both. Because at the end of the day, what we need is product, a floodgate of it pouring into our markets and also being exported out of the country. Is there an approach, a strategy, something that we can do that can make both of these thrive? Yes. For now, I am not against the idea of a modular refineries. No. We are saying yes. That is what individuals can go into. Individuals can obtain licenses to, est- to establish refineries. Mm-hmm. Of course, like I have reported some time. So government they will have to come up with some kind of strategy that would encourage that to happen. Yeah, they, 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 yes, they are there. They, they, they have uh, their criteria mm-hmm. for, uh, for apl- apl- application uh, to uh, applications, I mean, to establish uh, refineries. Mm-hmm. When, it, when it comes to ease of doing business, well, what does the cooperative or the private business person need the government to do for them in order to set up modular refineries? I think they just need to provide the enabling environment, the safety, the tax initiatives, um, the incentives, and also how they're going to also tax them. You can definitely work with both entities, both the modular refineries and the regular refineries. It's been done in Egypt. Egypt has nine refineries and they are doing about 700,000 barrels a day. And they have a modular refinery too. So both systems can actually work together. I'm, I'm, I'm the, when, when we talk about individuals getting to modular refineries, I also believe that it is not the government's place to operate those refineries too. Mm-hmm. You're getting the experts who are those who are who have been in refinery business who understand reforms and and turnarounds to actually run it on your behalf it's done in petrobras it's done even in sonogor even though they're state-owned entities but they're being operated by people who are actually experts you know what i mean so you can if if, if you really want this to work together then let the private sector and experts who understand how to run these entities run them and they'll make the money for the government because they're thinking for profit so they're going to do what they can do so it limits the bureaucracy in the system. Because when you're, if, if you're making more money in your system, you're making more dollars in your system, and you're hiring more people in your system, and you're increasing your GDP, it's your own advantage. You, it's, your, it's your disadvantage when you allow politics to come into and bureaucracy to come into the system, and then it, start, it becomes one issue after another. But mm-hmm. both entities can work together. Like you rightfully said, there are depots across a different country. Those can be stored with, with, with some of our byproducts from our modular refineries in those hard-to-reach areas, like you talk about Gombe. There's no refinery in Gombe. So obviously, if you have a modular refinery there, it's easier to store your products in that, in that depot. So that depot is continually used, not that it starts to decay over time. Because what happens is that if you don't have crude going into those particular depots and you don't have crude going through those pipelines, it's only a matter of time before it begins to decay. And before you know it, it's non-functional and it's inefficient. Mm-hmm. Well, we have uh, Ngote Refinery, which is coming up uh, 2018, hopefully. 600,000 barrels a day. All the four uh, refineries that we have have a combined capacity of uh, 400,000 a day. 445. Yeah. Two two forty five. Four hundred and forty five. Oh, four forty five. Yes. So four forty five, which means we would be doing if all of them were operating maximally, we would do, be doing about a million and forty five barrels a day. Barrels a day. 
which is a lot of crude to refine into petrol, which means we can actually realistically look at not just satisfying the local consumption, but selling to other countries across the world. But what, what would be a ballpark figure for the repairs of a standard refinery? Uh, Getting it up up to date, up to speed. Yes, for, for now, for now, for the four refineries, I don't think it will cost more than 700 uh, million uh, US dollars. Mm to get them back. All of them? Yes. Or just the, one? The four. To get them back. About six, seven, seven hundred, seven hundred million. million dollars. Okay. And right about the amount we're yeah. going to spend for 12 fighter jets. Good. And and, and, <laughs> and and thereafter, they can be upgraded. The same refineries and get more. So that is what we're talking about. Hmm. I mean, look at... Uh, um, I, I give the example of uh, the US. But Texas alone as a state, which is about to touch the size of Nigeria, okay, they have tw- 29 refineries. Louisiana, 17. From the Gulf Coast, they pipe to, you know, they have pipelines up to going to, to the Atlantic seaboard. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. that is what ordinarily we should, we should do here. We should have a big vision. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. This is an ongoing conversation. And I do believe we need to talk about this until we get to a point where we're seriously looking at ending this problem once and for all of importation of petrol. So I just want to say thank you so much to Sunny Atuma and Ekenem Isichai for coming here to talk to me about this. And I would like to invite you again some other time so that we can keep it going. Thank you very much. Thanks.